Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, everyone. How are you this morning? Enjoying the summer weather? Big warm welcome from me too. I love the sun. I must say, I am so looking forward to daylight saving. Do I have any friends? Yeah, <laughs> few of us love daylight saving. Anyway, this morning is going to be different. We have some special people who are going to speak and uh, join us on the platform this morning. What we're going to do, though, you'll remember last week, those who were here, we started to look at why God loves community life. And what I'm going to do is just do a quick recap because not everyone was here. And then we're going to have some people share with you. So I'm excited. It's going to be great. And you're really going to find God speaking to you as these people share. But let's just do a quick recap. What we said last week was every culture, as we know, lives in community in one form or another. And uh, we said that God loves community because he lives in community. Our God is communal, as we said last week, by his own nature. Um, Father, Son and Spirit are living in complete unity together. There are three, but they are one. Now, as I said last week, community is probably not the best word to describe them. Um, there isn't really an English word that uh, does justice to it, but it gives you some idea that uh, Father, Son and Spirit, they do live together and they do commune with each other. They are always in complete agreement and we'll just leave it at there this morning. But this is why our relationships are so important to God, because God is relational by his very nature. He is a relational God, and he invites us into that loving relationship that Father, Son and Spirit have with each other. And as we said last week, we can see ourselves embraced by the Godhead, by Father, Son and Spirit, in a place of absolute love. And uh, that's really something to take away. And as we said last week, God created us in his image and he created us for relationship with him and with each other. So there's that vertical relationship and the horizontal relationship. And we're made to live together in that same love relationship. Now we are children of God. We'll have a bit more scripture today. 1 John 3.1 says this, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God, Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. And that's, that's talking about us being separated from the world because of the love of God. It's a very powerful scripture. And 1 Corinthians 1.9 says this, God is faithful by whom you were called in the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the outworking of us being reconnected to God through what Jesus has done on the cross at Calvary. We live in this way. It also speaks of our new identity, the new identity that we have in Christ. So this morning, in a couple of minutes, we're going to hear from a number of people who will share with us what belonging to a church community has meant to them. They're going to share that with you. And we also ask them to share a favourite scripture that they might have. And then I'll come back and uh, we may get to finish the message from last week. But just before we invite people up, 
a couple more recaps from last week. We said that we've been created by God to be dependent on him. And uh, it may help us to realise that we're still dependent on him, that we can never know it all, and God has designed us this way. So no matter how long we've been walking with the Lord, there are going to be times when we will discover our ongoing dependence of him. Who's discovered that? I think most of us do. We do. The question, of course, is how do we respond in those situations to him? But Proverbs 16.9 says this, A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. How many have experienced that? You've made a plan and then you find the Lord has said, No, I want you to go this way. Or, no, I don't want you to do that. It's close, but I want you to do this. And the Lord does guide our steps. And this is such a great illustration from Scripture as to why we are so dependent on him. So we're not to live independent. So we can um, formulate what we think, we can pray, but then God will have the final say because he's the one who actually guides our steps. That's a great source of comfort and security, and I've found that in my life, and I hope you do too. But a life of independence from God can ultimately lead to rebellion against him, as it did for Lucifer prior to his own fall. He wanted to be like God, live independent from him. And we're certainly called, as we know, to become mature in Christ. But in our relationship with God, we are still his children, and he is still our father, and he's a good father. And this is why we're called to take responsibility for our own lives, and the key is to live each day in a place of humility before God. And we admit to him that we can't do it alone. I don't know about you, but every day I ask God for help. We need help during the day from him. And we we come in that place of humility before him and admit that to him and commit our day to him. It's in this place that he shapes us and he forms us for his purpose. So he forms us in that quiet place as well as forming us as we connect with each other in relationship with each other. And of course, God has invited us into his loving relationship, as we said, by what Jesus accomplished on the cross at Calvary. So this is who we are now and this is how we live now. God's love is purposeful because his intent is for us to be conformed to the image of Christ. So everything he does in your life and my life is uh, shaping us to be conformed to the image of Christ. God's love always seeks the best and his ways are higher than our ways and I have certainly discovered that and I'm sure many of you will have discovered that also as we continue, yeah, as we allow God to direct our path then it may become apparent to us that yes, God was wiser, God knew better and often when you look back on your life you can say that and you can say thank you God that you did God, you did correct, you can thank you that this door opened and you can, we can thank him that this door closed because he knows best. This means that we are the ones of course who need to change as we turn away from our fallen nature and choose to follow Jesus. That involves us changing and agreeing with God in what he's doing. So God had a plan from the beginning of time. And 1 John 1, three said this, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, this is John testifying, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, the life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard we declare to you, 
that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we know also that God has sent his spirit. So that was always God's plan from the beginning of time. And the fall in the garden separated us from God. But God had another plan in sending Jesus. We also talked about God building us together. And this is the interesting one. God builds us together and this is where love is tested. As we said last week, sometimes there can be a bit of an ouch, you know, uh, <laughs> where, where that's tested as we... Uh, bump up against each other and of course we learn in God's way um, to love one another and at times that means giving way at that time sometimes it means you know giving a good a good word to someone a word of encouragement all of those things what's tested is our love of God and our love of each other do we love God enough to do what his word says to live the way his word says relationally with each other and we looked at 1 Peter 2 4 and 5 which said, coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So that's what God's doing with us. He's building us up as a spiritual house. He's building us together. And God desires our prayers. He desires our worship. He desires our use of our gifts and our talents. Now, there are many times when God will surprise us by what he's doing in our lives and in the lives of those around us. And this means that when we honour what he's doing amongst us, we honour him. And we're going to have an opportunity this morning to do that. We're going to hear in a few minutes from Amber. We're going to hear from Matt, Emily and Brad. Brad's not with us, but he's with us on video. He's in Sydney this morning. So what I'd like you to do is open your hearts. We've asked each one to share with us what living in community here has meant to them and a favourite scripture. And I'm sure you're going to be blessed. I'm sure you're going to receive from God. So let's welcome Amber. I think she's up first. Just give her a hand. She's down the back. Come on up, Amber. Amber, as you know, is one of our youth leaders. Uh, together with Andy and Amber's also on the worship team here and remembering again that these people who are serving us so well here like so many also have other full-time occupations they have many things going on in their lives so welcome Amber hey. uh, so community to me is uh a collection of people coming together for a common goal. And so for us as a church, uh, our common goal is to show Jesus and be Jesus so that other people can see Jesus and be Jesus. Um, and ultimately, that comes down to perception, reception and response. So how we see a church and how a church sees us is ultimately how we decide what that community is about. Our interpretation of what community means is very dependent on how we experience it, and so it's different for everybody. And for me, church community hasn't always been a good thing. Um, you know, I sort of like to compare it to like a before MCC and an after MCC. So. I've been to a lot of churches and uh, they've sort of forgotten what being a Christian is. 
And it's like you walk into their church and uh, they judge you and they separate you based on what you've experienced or how you look. But I find here that that doesn't happen. And so it's been really healing for me, actually, being in this place. Um, And because our church community is and its collective values are how Jesus is reflected to us, I've had a very poor picture of who Jesus is. Um, And so I love MCC because of how it has received me and continues to show me what it means to be like Jesus. Um, I believe our community goes above and beyond just loving each other. Galatians 6.2 says, Carry one another's burdens and in this way you will feel the requirements of the law of Christ. That is the law of Christian love. Uh, I don't have the reference down for the next one, but uh, I think it's Colossians. It says, Conduct yourself with wisdom in your interactions with outsiders. Make the most of each opportunity. Let your speech at all times be gracious and pleasant and seasoned with salt so that you will know how to answer each one. Salt enhances and preserves. Too much salt and it ruins everything. And the same can be said with our relationships in our communities. We want to be salty enough to enhance community experience but also preserve relationships. So if we're too salty, it makes things a little tough. Uh, Community is about being supported, called up and held accountable with strength and grace, as well as being support, holding others accountable with strength and grace, so as to fully love each other without condemning and embracing each other's differences. Yeah. Thank you so much, Amber. Thank you. That was wonderful, wasn't it? Such deep insight. Yeah, come on. We want to encourage... There was such deep insight in that and such deep sharing. That was wonderful. Thank you, Amber. So next we have Matt Crelly. Now, Matt, you more often see on the sound desk up there, but uh, Matt, I know, will have something really deep to share with you. Welcome, Matt. (laughs) Thanks, Julie. Um, I'm just going to share a little bit about my journey with church community. Um, On reflection, I often feel a bit of a struggle on my part uh, to draw closer with the wider church community. Uh, I find it easy to give time for a project or to work up the back out of sight um, and it's easy to turn up for a service and then duck out straight away because I feel busy or whatever. Um, And the challenge is to build relationships with people who I wouldn't otherwise relate to outside of church. Um, In my young adult life, when I wasn't going to church, um, I eventually felt God nudging me that my purpose involved other people and it took me a long time to start to realise what he was getting at. Uh, When Emily and I were shopping around for churches, we'd go to a service and sit up the back and um, then usually leave before we could be ambushed with an awkward welcome conversation. Uh, and we wanted to get to know the culture without having to be involved, but now I don't think that's really possible. Um, the service on Sunday is one thing, but there's more days in the week than Sunday. Uh, we found MCC through an alpha course, uh, which turned out to be a great way to get to really know people 
Um, so we had discussions over a number of weeks on different topics and it was a great way to get to know some people involved in the church um, and help us to realise that this might be a church that we want to go to. Um, at the services we liked the music even though we didn't know half the songs and the people were friendly and so we decided to stay and here we are. Um, thank you. A while later we joined a home base um, which I've found really fulfilling in exploring and discussing the word with other people. Uh, it's really interesting to see how God speaks to di people, different people differently through the same text uh, and we've really got to know a small group of people on a much deeper level. As Christians we're told to love one another to reflect Jesus' love for us and like most things the more we practice it the easier it becomes. The church community supports my faith journey. It provides people to be accountable for, accountable to, and it gives me a place I can directly contribute my skills in a way that honours God. And I'll close with Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Wow, that is so good. Thank you so much, Matt. That really blessed us and there was so much there um, that uh, I know that will have spoken to so many people. I'd encourage you after the service to encourage those who are speaking this morning. If something touched you, let them know. That's part and parcel of being community together. Are you ready for another one? All right, now we have Emily Crowley. And Emmy, of course, is on the ops team and uh, she does a whole lot of other things as well. Welcome, Emily. All right. Um, when I reflect on what church community means to me, I have two very opposite gut reactions. One being, church community is amazing and supportive, and I love my church. The other being, church community is a place of judgment, and I can't be myself while amongst this community. Since coming at MCC to MCC, my response is the first, um, and my love for church community has grown immensely. But it's been a challenge to move forward from past experiences and hurts and regain trust in the church again. This is an area of my life where God has worked and provided amazing healing. It's interesting though, no matter how bad I perceived the church or church politics, even when I purposely tried to disconnect from the church community, parts of it never really left me. When I had trust issues with the church, I still craved being part of the community. This is because church community is bigger than just people. It has God. When Jesus is the core of community, it has a lasting impact. But what makes Jesus the core of a community? It's not the church organisation or having the best pastor in the world. Sorry, Matt and Julie. <laughs> it's the individuals that build up the community striving to have the mindset of Jesus. Philippians 2, 1 to 5 says, Therefore, if you have encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. 
Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. To the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. Our individual experience of church community is different. I would say everyone has their own personal church community. It is built up of this MCC community and people from the broad, broader church. Maybe it's people you grew maybe it's people from the church you grew up in, people who pass through this church, or even a Christian friend that you catch up with but never attend church with. It's people who supported you and you supported. People who were role models to you and demonstrated Jesus to you. It's people who became lifelong friends and people who were in your life for the season. It's people striving to be like-minded with Jesus. Thank you so much, Emily. So much wisdom in there, wasn't there? Thank you, Emily. That was awesome. Are we learning something this morning? I think I'm out of a job. <laughs> I think they're preaching so well and they're speaking so well. One of the things I love about being a pastor is um, being able to see God working in other people's lives, as I'm sure you do. All right, we have one more for you. Brad Isles is in Sydney at the moment with family, but he has recorded something for us. And Brad, as you know, um, runs the Careline Ministry here and also uh, is now leading the online host. So if we could roll that video from Brad... It's awesome, I've already seen it. Hi, it's Brad here. This message is titled Belonging to a Church Community and summarises what this means to me. Well, my church community is all of you here at Manningham Christian Centre. I've spent the past decade journeying parts of my life with you, spending time together during Sunday services, midweek home bases, alpha courses, function social functions, meals at each other's houses, and small get-togethers over lunch. Being part of MCC is a big part of my life by way of learning together, volunteering together, the great friendships, and supporting each other's faith. I personally benefit greatly from the relationships that I've made here at MCC. As a result, I feel loved, spiritually educated, guided, encouraged, included, supported, and appreciated. Currently, our home base is doing a 21-day devotional plan of the book of James. At the end of this, at the time of this recording, this, this message, we're up to day seven, which has a devotional message that is quite timely. No doubt orchestrated this way. As we all know, he works all things after the counsel of his will. So today's uh, day seven devotional, which is paraphrased, is as follows. As followers of Jesus, we are called to action and we are called to examine ourselves and to love others as the way to love as as a way to love Jesus. Although this may appear countercultural in today's world, it is a simple concept, albeit requires some self-sacrifice and commitment. We are not people who follow just a list of rules to look righteous. We are imperfect people willing to love others. We are people of faith in action. There are those in need 
in all of our lives. There are those who need our care and protection, and we are the ones called to meet those needs. Our faith inspires it and drives it. I love that we are a church that responds to the needs of our community, corporately and individually. We are proactive in meeting needs. We are responsive when a need arises, and we are willing to give the first part of every gift from God in order to be a collective force of pure and undefiled religion. It's not serving to be seen, it's faith in action compelled by our love for Jesus that promotes us to step out and our love for others demonstrates the beauty of the love of God for us. We know that as we look into the eyes of those who need provision, care and leadership, it doesn't just change their lives, but it changes us. Our good father knows we will be changed as we serve and in his goodness, I know that's why he directs us towards each other in acts of love. And, you know, just in reflecting on that devotion um, today, it just gives me great pleasure to know that the church community here at MCC displays in actions exactly that. And I'm so proud to be a part of the MCC community. Bye. Isn't that amazing? Just listening from all our speakers. I'm just really so thrilled and so um, blessed really by just the insights of people here. And I hope that gives us all a great insight as to how God is building us together here. Would you agree? Yes, absolutely. Great. All right. I've had a little bit more uh, from the message last week to add this morning and we won't take too long about it. But um, what, where I want to go this morning, we're talking about why God loves community life. He loves you know, community because he is a relational God and he's building us as a community. God also loves to speak to us. And uh, one of the ways he speaks to us we're going to talk about here is giving us his spirit to help us. But I'm going to go to scripture. I'm going to go to 1 John 2.27. His spirit helps us to stay on track and being full of God's word is always essential for us. But the spirit helps us to stay on track with God's word. In 1 John 2.27, John said this, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you and you do not need that anyone teach you but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. That's a very powerful scripture and uh, we could do a whole message on that but the anointing from the Holy Spirit is something that abides in you and that's what connects you to Jesus. It's that abiding anointing within you. John's not suggesting here that we don't need to be taught. Rather the context in which he wrote that was in a world where there were heresies, false doctrines, all sorts of things circulating in the first century church. Well. We're no different now. There's all sorts of things around us now and we need that witness of that anointing for truth. John's suggesting that the anointing within protects us from deception and it helps us discern truth from error, which always points us to Jesus. Now as a community, we need to be very aware of truth and error in our day and age. Our soul is influenced, of course, by everything we see and hear. And this is why we're called to live as disciples of Jesus who are led by his spirit. So when John wrote the letter, he was mindful of false teachers. And as I said, we also need Holy Spirit because there's so much around us. There are many sermons and messages that are proliferated 
through media platforms that are just as dangerous because they're not anchored soundly in the word of God. And uh, these can sound good, but not all are good. So we need to be discerning. Humanism's rife in our culture. New age is becoming so blatant in our culture and much more open. And they're all from the spirit that emanates from the God of this world who creates all counterfeit teaching. So that anointing you have within you, uh, John is encouraging us to, to uh, be aware of that. That's different from the anointing that comes down upon you. That's different from the Acts 2 anointing. It's possible to be confused by the two. So on the day of Pentecost, I'll read Acts 2, 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is the anointing of the Spirit that comes from us from above. And that empowers us for a purpose. That empowers us to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, to prophesy, to move in the gifts of the Spirit. That's the gifts of 1 Corinthians, the gifts of healing. They come from, they empowered us from above as the Spirit wills and as the need, um, need emerges. But John's talking about the anointing within us, which is the abiding presence of Jesus by his Spirit. That's the everyday life. It's the anointing within us that's work in our lives. It's where we draw from the well deep within us, which is the life of Jesus through his spirit. It's the wellspring of life. Proverbs 16.22 says, Understanding is a wellspring of life to him who has it, but the correction of fools is folly. In other words, we need to be corrected. The understanding comes from that anointing within, that witness within us. It's the anointing for our daily lives, for knowing God, for revelation. And sometimes we can be waiting for power to come on from above instead of searching the word and waiting on his spirit to show us from within. And I think that's a clear distinction to, to get hold of this morning. Ever listened to something and felt, oh, that's not, not quite right? Just had that, that inkling? I'm sure you will have from time to time. It's just something you can't put your finger on it, but that's that inward witness that we all have, you all have from Holy Spirit. So time spent quietly in God's presence, as we said earlier, is also important as it's in his presence that he brings revelation to our hearts and revelation to our lives, as well as times when the word is being preached, as times when we're together sharing. All of those things are part of our relationship with God and our relationship with each other because he speaks to us through each other as well and through our relationships. So God calls us to come together. This is very important. Hebrews 10.24 says this. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good work. So we need to stir up each other, to encourage each other. It's why we come together whenever we can. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. That was in the day in which the writer of Hebrews was speaking. But exhorting one another. And so much more as you see the day approaching. And we know that Jesus can return at any time, and he could have returned at any time then in the eyes of the author of Hebrews. 
But the encouragement is to come together to encourage each other, to build each other up, to help each other. So we're encouraged to come together at every opportunity. And we know that iron sharpens iron. You know, some of the conversations we have sometimes are, are fantastic as we're trying to understand some things or sharing our understanding of some things. And we spur each other on. You know, it's, it's great because you're all, we're all moving together and sometimes it's great when you see someone else running and you think, yes, I can keep running, yes, I can keep going. I'm so, so inspired uh, by what God's doing here and again, the example this morning of what we heard, that's enough to make me keep running. Just to see that, it's absolutely fantastic. So, we're encouraged to come together. At the same time, we need to recognise these two things. Townsend and McLeod wrote the Boundaries book. Some of you may be familiar with those. But Dr John Townsend puts it this way, and this is my paraphrase, not a direct quote. First of all, we all also we need to have good boundaries in our relationships with each other, and that's another topic, but that's necessary. God has designed us so that our needs are met through him vertically, but also through each other relationally. That's the way he has designed us. And, of course, we need the healthy relational boundaries. So Acts 2.42 tells us this. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and prayers. And Acts 13.11, I think it's Acts, didn't come out in my, um, <laughs> when I typed it. And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to wake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. So there's an encouragement this morning to come together. There's an encouragement this morning to share together. We're going to take a few minutes now. We're going to take the opportunity. What I'd love you to do, because we are together, how about we take a few minutes, just gather in groups of three or four, and how about we just pray for each other and encourage each other? Can you do that? We're going to actually activate what we've just been speaking about. Let's take a few minutes to do that, and uh, then I'll be back to pray with you. Exhort each other, encourage each other, build each other up. Pray for each other. That's exactly what we've been speaking about. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and his presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your Saviour, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website manninghamcc.org and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. 
If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected? We all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.